Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace. Besides all these, taking the shield of faith, with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Envision a world, a situation of crisis in the church where priests and bishops are denouncing the Pope, saying that it should be free for them to be unimpeded in their um, sinfulness, that it should no way oppose an obstacle to the sacraments for them, to offering the Mass for the faithful. Imagine a world in which the Holy Roman Emperor has put forward a false pope, an anti-pope, meriting for him an excommunication. Imagine a world in which the pope defends righteousness, tries to wake up the West to the threat from a non-Christian Middle Eastern enemy, and eventually dies in exile. This is the world of Pope St. Gregory VII. Among those who took on this language of the armor of God and encouraged the faithful to be soldiers, to be faithful, to be strong, to fight, to know that suffering will happen, to be prepared for the evil day, and to be prepared for victory. Remember, this is Pope St. Gregory VII. He was preceded 30 years prior by Pope St. Leo IX, but there wouldn't be another canonized pope until the very, very end of the 13th century, over 200 years later. The armor of God is the spirit, is truth, is righteousness, is faith. When Pope, when, rather, when St. Paul declares that he has finished the race, he sums it all up by simply saying he kept the faith. And so we turn to the Lord in a similar time of crisis when the supposedly Christian West is completely unaware of the threat that is posed by a religion that was raised up from hell. When Christian leaders, when priests and bishops are openly speaking not only criticism of the church, but promoting sacrilege openly, we turn to the Lord and we turn to the Holy Spirit in confidence, in faith, with a willingness to suffer and a desire to be identified with him. We desire not simply to be, um, to be safe, to be protected. We desire to be so close to the Lord, to be so loved by the Lord, 
that we suffer the same fate as him. St. James and St. John, famously, before they would have been accredited with the titles of saint, turned to the Lord and said, make us one at your right and one at your left. And the Lord didn't chastise them, but he challenged them, he tested them. Our Lord wanted them to desire that. Our Lord had wanted them to desire to be so close to him. The only other time that anyone is mentioned as being at our Lord's right and at his left is when he's crucified on the cross and others are suffering a similar fate. Consider that same type of question in its, in its ordinary expression. The desire to be so important to someone so that no one else is closer is what happens when a man and a woman fall in love. And they say to each other, I want to be the most important person in the world to you. There's nothing about that that deserves chastisement, but it'll be tested. If that genuinely means you give up your life, you completely identify with me, you will serve me, then it's a holy and a beautiful thing, and it'll take that person and make them a saint. They don't know what suffering will, will come with it. They know that it'll, it'll come at a high price, but their love is so strong that they, they know, in principle, whatever it takes, I accept it. That's how important I want to be to you. Our Lord wants us to be moved, to aspire to the greatest things, to desire to be so close to him. And it will mean the chalice of, the chalice of suffering. It will mean being baptized with the baptism with which he was baptized. It will mean suffering in dignity and having so many of our efforts end in apparent defeat. But it means being prepared for that awful day. As much as the unforgiving debtor realized the tragedy that he brought down upon himself, not thinking that his trying to extract a debt from his own debtor would come to cost him almost his life, all of us face that awful day when all of our sins will be presented before us, our day of judgment, our own day of wrath, and what will be on display will be every moment in which we did succumb to the devil, when we allowed a momentary defeat to happen, when we didn't put on the whole armor of faith, but thought that we'd be safe in only putting on part of it. Accompanying us then, fortunately, will be the one who is at our Lord's right, the one who is closest to him, our mother and our queen, the Blessed Virgin, interceding for us. We'll be grateful that there is someone closer to him than us and someone who can plead our case, someone who did put on the whole armor of God, against whom the assaults of the devil were never fiercer one who could have failed, who could have sinned, but did not. We turn to her and recognize then truth and righteousness and peace, faith, salvation, the Holy Spirit, fully aware of those closest to the Lord that would betray him, those who used to be of his company and no longer are, those who never were and want his death, and she stayed closest to him and followed him to the cross and died with him. We find 
no greater adversary against the devil and no greater advocate for ourselves. And we entrust to her, our mother, the church, the bride of Christ. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee do we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petition, but in thy mercy hear and answer us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.